0: <laughs> Welcome to today's USA vs. Argentina game. I'm John Champion and joining me in the commentary box are Alexi
1: Lalas. Thanks, John. And may I say, I'm not sure you should be happy.
0: Ah, uh, Alexi, contrarian as always. And we also have Taylor Twelman. Uh, thanks, John. Now, Taylor, do you think we're going to get one of your intense, straight-talking, heavy meltdowns tonight? The USA have been struggling.
2: No, no, John. I'm trying to move away from that. Uh, my, doctors, my doctors have suggested that I do not do that anymore.
0: With that, it's time for a quick message from our sponsors before we come back for
1: kickoff. Really looking forward to hearing one of your rants today, Taylor. I'm not. I think everything is great just the way it is. USA! 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 Hey,
3: hey, hey.
2: Uh, Guys, I, I'm not sure I can. I, it, it's been a tough week. Very stressful.
1: I think it's been a great week. I think it's been absolutely wonderful. Okay, okay, we're back, and we're back. John Champion here with Alexi Lalas. No, 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 you're not.
0: And Taylor Twellman. And we have kickoff. Messi to Aguero. Aguero back to Messi, and they've scored ecstasy for argentina the earliest goal ever scored in the history of the u.s argentina matchup taylor i'm sure you have something to say about this uh,
2: that, that, that was a bad goal um, bad bad for the u.s um i have nothing more to say
1: you know honestly taylor i thought that was a great goal i think it's fantastic for the u.s Alexi, it really sets the tone what? for this game
0: Kick off again. Uh, oh no! Polišic has been nabbed by Otamendi. He's made a long pass to Messi. He dribbles it in and he scores. Three minutes in, and the US are two-nil down. I mean, no, shut the- up, Alexi. That's not an opinion. It's a score. You can't disagree with Au
3: it. No, no,
0: no. Let's hear from Taylor. I, 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 mm. Here it comes. I, Here it comes.
2: What are we doing?
0: Yes, yes, more. We're
2: sitting here dissecting a game and they're just literally just kicking a ball back and forth. Keep it up. What are we doing? I'm, all I'm good for is these rants. What does Taylor Twelman think of US soccer? What does Taylor Twelman think of MLS? <gasps> no one has ever asked, what does Taylor Twelman think of Taylor Twelman?
0: Uh, come again.
2: I could literally wake up tomorrow and not come to my job and nobody, I mean, nobody would notice.
0: Say, so Taylor, this really isn't what I was thinking about. I
2: mean, I'm considering colleagues with Alexi Lawless. Alexi fucking Lawless. Who supported taking the crew out of Austin. Criticized for Peter for taking a knee and inflicts his album of singing on us. Oh, Tom.
1: Oh, Lord, he's having an actual breakdown. Alexi, help us jump in. Well, thanks, John. I've been preparing a little bit for a moment just like this. I want to take a few minutes to tell you why I think the U.S. women are being super ungrateful and, frankly, unpatriotic in their equal pay lawsuit. And and while we're at it, uh, can I just say a few words? I... I really do think that U.S. soccer should consider instituting a Confederate States nation team. Shut it down. Shut it down. Shut shut it all down. Kill it. No, no. Enough. Welcome to We Call It Soccer, a podcast by T-United fans. I'm Colin. I'm Caleb. And I'm Sasha. And I'm Notch. This week we're live
0: at the Black Heart of St. Paul. I didn't
1: even have to prompt you all, like, last year. Yeah, like, seriously, that was super awkward. Thank you for <laughs> thank you for knowing what your job is this time. It's great. <laughs> just, just the and clap,
0: that's all. Yes. Uh, so... Uh, I always ask a, a question at the beginning of our podcast, right? Like that's, that's, that's what yeah. I do. And I uh, came up with a good one, I think, this week, which is, the, as you know, the, the heart in Black Heart refers to an adult male deer, H-A-R-T. And I want to ask, has there been a time in your life that you've used an obscure word that sounds a lot like another word and confuses people? You
2: know, you always ask these questions without telling us. And, this, and it's printed on the, on the show notes, and I didn't read it. Yeah, just now. It's true. So I have no idea. No, absolutely (laughs) not. Caleb,
0: I think Caleb would be it, right? Like that's
1: that's a word that you spell differently than everybody else. I spell correctly. I mean, I will say this: Um, there was one time where I used the word "burner," but I actually meant arsonist instead of you know the other other connotations. Um, I, I think beyond that, like. Heart is quite possibly, like, I honestly, I thought that Wes was just trolling me as an Arsenal fan by calling this the Black Heart and yeah. being a Spurs reference, and it, I, I frankly did not want to come here when I first <laughs> heard it. I'm, I'm glad that I turned around knowing that it is a male deer, but uh, this place is fantastic even though it was very confusing to start. Sasha, you got something for me? I have
3: nothing for you. Okay, nothing (laughs) at all.
1: Okay, all right. Sounds good. Um,
0: Well, uh, we got to talk about a few things before we get to Minnesota United, and we're going to do that in a segment that we call The Championship. But the championship is a game. Is it a game? Is it a league? No, it's a segment where we discuss America's top leagues, the NWSL and MLS, where MLS had their conference finals. LAFC versus Seattle. Sasha, I believe you have a few things to say.
3: Um, I'm glad Seattle won, clearly.
1: Uh nice hat. By yeah. By yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I also... This, w- w- this is d- an audio medium. I know that there are people here. <laughs> they are everyone that listens to this podcast, every and my wife as well. And my wife as well. But <laughs> hey, if
3: they do listen, they'll know that you called me out for wearing this, this hat before. It's a Seattle Sounders hat. It yeah. is yeah. a yeah. Seattle Sounders um, hat. And I, uh, I, my faith was kind of shaken while we were recording, because this game was live while we were recording last week. Yeah. You were...
2: Yeah. You were very nervous. I yeah. was. Even I was, though I was teasing you a little like bit. I was teasing you a little bit, but then Seattle yeah. won, so... We Nobody. won. 3 1. 3 1. Early goal, though, for LAFC. Atuesta, who has been a very underrated player for them all year. Source from a direct free
1: kick. Beautiful shot. But then they just kind of fall apart. Honestly. Yeah, and it was a little bit shocking to see that happen to LAFC. Just, it, they weren't up for the game. It's, no. it, it was one of the few times where they did not seem ready to play a game. Like they seemed tired for some reason.
0: Wait, wait, We got an analysis. We don't have Bobby
1: Warshaw here. To tell us how things went. So, I mean, let's not, you know. We're not jump Sounder in. at Heart either. So <laughs> no. uh, yeah. I will let you know Sounder at Heart, like, they actually play media games where Brian Schmetzer is the coach for the team. I'm so jealous of them. Like they get Brian Schmetzer to coach them. It's kind of like I mean, fifty-five won that Carl Craig yeah. for our tournaments. Yeah, you, we no. want us to
0: get Adrian Heath to coach no. the EPL no. team. No, no mean, I do I, that. I want Brian Schmetzer to coach <laughs> the EPL. Do you fly I, in? Oh. Uh, I, I, I tried asking uh, Bob Bradley, but he just told me to get lost. Anyway, um, so, so Seattle. What what happened with Seattle?
3: Rodriguez like came online. I'm so glad that he's getting hot right now. Um, he scored so the first right goal. Now. Darrow gets the second, and then Ruiz gets his brace in the 64th minute. That's two
0: notch. It is two. Uh, it two is goals, two. thank you, thank you. I yeah. appreciate it every yeah. time.
1: Yeah. All I right. mean, it, I think it is just Seattle knows how to turn things on late in the season. Yeah, and multiple times at this point.
2: They're doing this thing where, like, past couple games where was interviewed, like, no one believed in us. My dude, you played your first two games at home. Like, you're the, you're the favorite, and you're Seattle. You're in the playoffs every single year. No one believed you? Come on. That's Minnesota's line. You can't steal that from us.
0: <laughs> well, hey, uh, I, w- I, I want to keep talking about this game, but I, I have to get to this next one because it's probably the happiest moment of my life. Gonna, I, I don't, don't have with... children, but... Uh, <laughs> I believe if I did, it probably still wouldn't be better than and this game. I'm glad game. that the
2: audience is here right cause now, because you'll keep your clothes on for this, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Toronto FC played Atlanta United. Atlanta United getting beaten out of MLS. They're done. We don't have to hear about them anymore until next year. Yeah! yeah. <laughs> what? What up? Uh, so happy. Not
1: so happy. You realize there's not promotion and relegation.
0: Yeah, they'll still be here. Next Damn it! Year. Yeah. Crap. like. All right, I, I'm going to go supo- yeah. subscribe to Soccer Reform now.
1: Oh, no. All right, I was <laughs> no. in class for
0: this game, so I didn't get to see it as much as just experienced the last five minutes on Twitter, and I I,
1: I don't know what happened.
2: Yeah, you blacked out, but our Twitter account tweeted so many times. It really did.
1: <laughs> it really did. I mean, it, this game definitely... It looked like Atlanta were going to steamroll very early on, Julian Russell, uh, with a tap-in from a Penny Martinez counter, but... It, Getting that penalty save from Quentin Westberg, probably huge. that might have been the biggest save of the year. And I'm saying this as a Minnesota United fan that also saw a huge penalty save right in front of me. So, like, it, it, these things do change games, and it just made me feel like Atlanta was cursed after that moment. Yeah. You could tell
2: watching the game that Toronto had a few uh, extra bounce after that penalty save, and they scored like three minutes later. Yeah, um, through N- Nicholas Benaze, whose name I definitely didn't hear on the broadcast for the first time when he scored.
0: Sounds uh, like a delicious uh, bagel or not bagel, uh, donut made in Louisiana. Yeah, yeah, yeah like uh, dusted with powdered sugar. sugar. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Benizet. <laughs> great
2: and beautiful goal too. Not as beautiful as Nick DeLeon with oh.
0: That's a goal you can sprinkle yeah. with sugar. That out. may oh. be the best goal yeah. of playoffs. I, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> Nick DeLeon, though, he got cut by from D.C. last year. for He came back very late in the season, scored in their playoff game that knocked D.C. out. Yep. And there were some doubts whether he was going to come through for Toronto because he'd had his his injuries. Much like Ike,
1: there was some skepticism based on his injuries. But he's come through
0: huge, especially in these playoff
1: games. Yeah, and... I think if if I remember I Delion it was a ACL or something like that so it was very it, bad. yeah so there was plenty of reason to think he would not be anywhere near his best I don't know if he was at 90 95% of what he was but he was certainly good enough particularly late in the season for Toronto and I mean, it's happening again. It's yeah. happening again. Doing it without the best striker and Josie
2: out the door, and it's it's happening again. Three out of four years, Seattle versus Toronto, and you know, Seattle one one, Toronto one one. Seattle's hosting it for the first time, hosting MLS Cup for the first time. Yeah, in and front of sixty
0: nine thousand people. Nice,
1: it's gonna
2: be
0: incredible. Oh, nice, <laughs> thousand. <laughs> nice thousand, nice uh, thousand. It's super on April twentieth. But uh, oh, hey, man. last
3: word on this. Your predictions? Uh, nah, no, you don't get one. No, you're gonna say no, Seattle. No,
2: you're just say it to the mic so everyone else knows.
3: I honestly think it's it's gonna go to extra time, and if like Toronto could beat win it in extra time, but if it goes to PKs, Seattle has it.
1: Ooh, um, I'm gonna go. I think Seattle in normal time. I think probably a two-one win.
2: I also think Seattle in normal, in normal time. Uh, Ruidiaz is peaking just when he needs to, right? Like you said, and I think Toronto just is missing that. They got lucky in North in, in New York and. I don't think DeLeon has another streamer like that in him, honestly.
0: I think they're playing on turf. I think they're playing in front of the home crowd. I think there is enough there to put... Although Toronto beat Atlanta on turf, so who knows? I'll just be contrarian. Why not? Toronto, 2-0. Hey, Alexi. (laughs) (laughs) All right, hey, with that, it's time for us to make a little switch here. Uh, And while we switch, folks, Sasha is going to step off so Andy Greeter can join us. We're going to play a little sketch that we did Early on in Caleb and Colin's time on the show. Career? Is that a thing? Sure.
1: <laughs> Damn, what a half. I thought it would never end. Dude, what the hell was that, net of time? You heard what the coach said, but you disobeyed him anyway.
2: Yeah, but he really keeps saying the same thing. It's not really that important. Uh, but he's right, isn't he? You're a striker. Does it really matter if I'm a striker or not? If I see someone with a better shot on goal than
1: I do, I'm going to give him the ball. Hey, Coach Gandalf. Smart-ass over here needs a reminder. You shall not pass! <laughs> man, that is a throwback. Right? Right, <laughs> yeah. <done> Good <laughs> lord. I haven't heard that music in ages.
0: Alright, thanks Andy for joining us. Andy Greer, MNUSC reporter for the Pioneer Press. How long have you been covering the team? Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate yeah. it. Um,
4: yeah. Since, man... Uh, so I was a like a freelancer stringer in 2013, and I actually went to Midtown Global Market. One of my assignments was to cover the rebrand. So technically, since then, but maybe full time since like 15 or so. Nice. Yeah. Sounds
0: so good. you were there when they revealed the original Winked Black on Black. Yeah. Yeah. Tom yeah. Haverford's yeah, like dream. Chris
4: Coleman, Nick Rogers, those guys were there. Yeah. Nice. So Chris Coleman, not Nick Coleman. Chris Coleman. <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: Right. 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 Uh, so so we want to look back at this point on. Minnesota United's twenty nineteen season, and get we've we've got a few things that we want to talk about. But before we get to it, I wanted to play what three of us had to say about Minnesota United in our season preview. Accountability. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. There's going to be some of that. Yeah. All right. Well. uh, Do so. So okay. Dangerous question. (laughs) What do we think this team is going to be like next year?
1: I, I have no idea what they're going to be like next year. Like, but this year, let's yeah, see. this year, <laughs> God, yeah, <laughs> gotta correct them. <laughs> they're going to allow fewer goals. <laughs> Anyone want to set the over under? Bold,
2: bold. I'll set the over under at fifty three point five goals conceded.
1: I'm going to take the over on it. <laughs> I'm I'm a little bit pessimistic, just given the fact that with an offensive minded coach that sacrifices defensive shape in order to find goals I think at some point that is going to be an issue because yeah so the the goals against were, were 43 and if we
0: heard a few more minutes of that I went under uh the 53.5 and so I I was right but I also said that we wouldn't make the playoffs <laughs> but you won't hear that yeah so no, you yeah. No, yeah. no, no uh, you know, why don't we just get the season preview episode and just play it? Like, then we don't. We can yeah. all go home. It's okay. You know, Yeah, like, trust me.
1: <laughs> As things go on, you will see that my takes got a lot more accurate. <laughs> Mine got a lot worse. So. All right.
0: <laughs> so so, so let, let's, let's, let's ask this question. Was the 2020 season a success,
4: Andy? Uh, I mean, when you look at a 30,000-foot view, yes. I think the fact that you open Allianz Field, I think the fact that you have a respectable defense, the fact that you have a winning record, the fact that you go to the playoffs. Now, I think that the um, expectations changed into July and August, and when you have a team that goes all the way to second in the West, that you think, okay, they're going to get multiple home games. There's going to be a potential for a deep run in the playoffs. So in that context, I would say it wasn't, because they didn't score goals on the stretch. They got bounced in the first round. So I think it's, it's both, but if you want to look at where you guys were in your show preview, then yes. But if you look at it where, as the season progressed – and maybe not so much.
2: Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Yeah, projections, like from the preseason, if someone said, you'll have a home playoff game, yeah, awesome, great. Yeah. But we didn't win that playoff game. We'd... Right. <laughs> You're the host of the show. the last <laughs> app started playing an ad.
0: Completed to Don Garber.
2: <laughs> but yeah, as the season goes on, our special got bigger and grander and still did bounce out in the first round by a team that... But the defense that was not good, with four center bats, bet and you saw what LSU did, did them in the, in the next round. It was like, what could have been, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I think a lot of the pieces were there for it to be on the field a success. I think certainly the defense coming together much better than we expected. I think the health of Ico Parra was a little bit better than we had some pause for. Um, Things could have been a lot worse for this team. That said, I I think we do need to address the fact that the offense underperformed. Mm -hmm. So, and, and that wasn't even to the standards that we had in July and August. That was just really to the standards that we set out for the start of the season. We were somewhat concerned that this offense would not quite fire. And that's basically what happened. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, one of the, the turning points of the season was something that, Andy, that you've covered in uh, the Pioneer Press, which was Francisco Calvo's exit. I, when listening to some of these early shows, we were talking about how Francisco Calvo scored in the preseason games. He scored against Vancouver. Man well, striker Francisco Calvo might do something, and, and there but there were some whispers at the end of last year as well about kind of, is he the best influence, where, where is he playing, but you talked about how his exit really was a positive thing for this team. Yeah, I mean, when you look at um, where this team
4: was a year ago to where they were this year, so much of their success was accredited to Ike and Ozzy and Vito and Roman and, and all of those guys, and In the first seven games of the year, they were actually giving up more goals this year than they had given up in 17 or 18. So all of those additions weren't producing on the field. What did happen was Calvo got a red card in Toronto, then sat, then got traded. And from then on, they gave up about a goal a game. Was
0: that trade going to happen before the red card?
4: Uh, well, there was – so so as I was doing a, a story to set up the playoffs, I started to ask uh, around to different people on the team, uh, different support staff and, and the like, and and they said that, you know, we wouldn't be where we were today being the playoffs mm-hmm. if that trade didn't happen. Now, I don't know if it was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back a little bit, that red card then kind of set things in motion. Um, I talked to some people that were exasperated by the fact that he wasn't – Hailed to the same standard as other players last year and they felt like how he was still given kind of carte blanche at the beginning of this year They were frustrated by it So that red card and some meetings that certain players and certain influential people at Minnesota United had with Heath in particular Really set the stage for that trade to happen. So I think that that was kind of uh, kind of the line drawn in the sand that we're not going back after this red card. Um, I don't know if it was going to happen before, but that was really kind of an impetus for the trade to
1: happen. Do you think there's an alternate universe where Calvo stays on the team and the Loons still make the playoffs?
4: I think that given where some of the leadership changes had come in, I think Ozzy had kind of exerted himself to be a leader, and there was – Mistakes that Calvo would have that he wouldn't hold himself accountable to and other people would call BS on and be like, why is, why is he ostracizing someone else for a mistake when he makes a mistake? He just goes, ah, my bad. And that's it. Mm -hmm. So I think it was swelling enough that it was going to happen. Um, I don't think it was, you know, going to continue on down that road. Um, I think that, you know, they talked about just being more disciplined defensively, and, I mean, we saw that year year over year that Calvo was not disciplined defensively, and also lacked effort, and I yep. think that was, yep. those two things together um, really set the stage for it to happen, red card or not.
2: So, and, yeah, go cool. so I just want to say, if he, if he doesn't leave, that closes the door on Chase, developing this year becoming a starter, and making the U.S. men's national team that like he has, well, the roster, at least, or not the yeah. roster. Pre-camp. The pre-camp. 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 Yeah. yeah, which is great. Yeah. And Good for the future of, of Minnesota United and bring in veterans of MLS like Ozzy and Ike, bring in a lot more controlled, mature, experienced voices into the locker room, which I didn't think I don't think MLS, uh, Minnesota United had with Calvo or with anyone in the team, honestly.
0: I'm glad you brought up Chase because I want to talk about new players and their contributions and start yeah. with Chase and Hassani Dutson. And we have just a little bit of an excerpt of what uh, we had to say about them. So
1: let's hear a minute of that. Okay, we had two new signings this week. Gasper was not a surprise. He was, if anything, expected to be maybe the rookie that has the quickest path to minutes. Being possibly. a left, a left right. back at the draft, yeah. Yeah, um, possibly so, in the whole Super Draft.
2: Uh, starting with the starters and exhibition games while Cowboys on international duty. Um, Hassani, the, Hassani Dotson, though, is a surprise to make the team.
1: A little bit, yeah. Um, I... Frankly, rate him that high when I was watching game film from his college stuff. But he's apparently really impressed in preseason. He's shown some versatility. He's played right back. He's played center mid. All right. So we were not high
0: on <laughs> Hassani Dotson. No, we were not. Jasper got like, a, you know, well, yeah, he's okay. He's good, you know. And so, but they've been the revelation of this year.
2: Yeah, them and Mason Toy, honestly. Yeah. Assign um, Dotson is, uh, I don't know, a fits everything wrench you can just throw into a problem, and you're like, oh, he's a great midfielder, awesome. He's a great right-back, you can fill that left-back a little bit, great. And Chase became a follow-prone left-back, but still, it was an angry die on the left-back that was defensively solid and could eventually, when he got forward, could send some decent crosses.
4: I think the fact that um, you guys doubted uh, Hassani Dotson at the start was just based on the track record of what this club has done with lower-level <laughs> right. draft picks. So it was like, they the haven't word. gotten yeah. anybody that's is, made the first yeah. team. So it was just like, well, who is this guy? What do we know about him? Well, the track record says he's not going to stick around. So I think it was an educated guess that he yeah. might not be able to handle it. I mean, I, it, thank you, I do thank rem-
1: you. yeah, I, I did actually look back to what I said about him and E Pluribus Lunum. And it basically, it was that his work rate was going to be the way that he could impact a team. And I didn't really rate that as a reason to give him a roster spot.
0: So, so let's, let's talk about what he was able to do. Yeah. And what Chase was able to do. Bangers. They, bangers. Bangers all day. Yeah, <laughs> w- Was... Did the coaching staff know that this was going to happen at the beginning of the year?
4: Well, I mean, when they traded up to the 15th pick in the Super Draft, um, DC had the 14th pick and they didn't they thought that DC was going to go for Chase. They felt like since he was at Maryland, he was going to be the guy. So they traded up and they're like, "Okay, well, we really hope we get Chase, but if we don't get Chase, we'll take Asani at this spot." That's how really? high that's how high they were. Uh, on Hassani at that time. So they did have a lot of faith in those two guys. I, th- I do think that at the same time, it was a bit of a revelation because while they have some scouting network and they have some kind of foresight and connections throughout college soccer, they didn't really know a whole lot about them. And it was kind of the draft combine kind of, okay, confirming what they wanted to do. So it was a bit of a gamble. So they didn't really know exactly what they were getting.
0: Let's talk about also uh, Chase's Maryland teammate, Dane Sinclair, who was our topic, And we haven't seen a lot of him, uh, so maybe it might be hard to to say much about him, but what's what's your opinion so far, guys?
2: Uh, goalkeepers develop slower than outfield players. Um, he's 23. He'll develop um, a year learning under, underneath Vito Manone, a player with a Premier League experience, isn't a bad thing to do with your first year in MLS.
0: Let, let's also talk about Vito, because uh, I don't know about all of you, but I've been pretty disappointed with how little I've seen of Choco all year. Um, yeah. I was expecting, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, based on the early Choco hype, I was expecting much more. Very uh, disappointing. It's like once
2: every like five days. Come on, man. Every day, I need my title fits.
0: So I, I, I've been joking with Vito being signing full stop off, full stop, the full stop season, full stop, because I tried suggesting that early in the season and people disagreed with me, so made that a meme. Uh,
1: but but <laughs> your take on Vito Manone. As an Arsenal fan, I was very excited <laughs> that Vito was coming in, but I I think I expected him to be half a step worse than he was this year. I thought that he was going to be an upgrade. The question mark was just going to be, is he going to be enough of an upgrade for clearly what we had to put in for that signing? You know, TAM level goalkeepers very rarely work out in MLS. It's a spot that you can usually get a fairly inexpensive player to do a reasonably good job. What Vito was able to do was actually work with the back line much better than Shuttleworth was able to. I think that was Mm -hmm. part of why the Loons just allowed better shots against the goalkeeper, why he was able to get as many solid saves as he did, and he was able to just keep things organized at the back. So he had a much more outsized impact than I think the stats do play out.
0: Uh, Speaking of outsized impacts, Andy, one of the things you mentioned earlier was Ozzy coming in, taking up some of that leadership that maybe we couldn't expressly see based on his excellent performances on the pitch. Could you talk a little bit about Ozzy coming in, maybe also some of the influence of another veteran like Ike being on the squad? Um,
4: Ozzy, for one, um, his reputation precedes himself. Mm -hmm. Um, He doesn't say a lot, but when he does, it's very impactful. Um, One thing that that stood out to me, uh, on the night that they clinched, uh, they were trailing KC at the half, and he came into the locker room and destroyed a water bottle. And that was kind of looked at as like, okay, this, <laughs> if, Ozzie, if Ozzie is pissed and if he's expressing yeah. it this way, it's serious and we might not be able to make the playoffs and that'd be the first time for Ozzy And he holds his resume in very high esteem um, and holds it up very much for, for what his career stands for. And making the playoffs every year is, is one of the top things in all the, the cup finals that he's been in as well. Um, so... I think it's kind of more behind the scenes, show up every day, do the right thing, and he, when he says something, it's meaningful. Um, there were a few times where I watched him on the field and also in training go after some of the younger guys, just, you know, kind of berate them. I saw it on the field a few times uh, with Chase in particular. And I asked Chase about it, and I was like, Chase, what do, you, what do you think about this? Like, he's, you know, kind of undressing you on the field like this. And he's like, you know, at, at, the, at that time, I needed it. And if it's coming from Ozzie, a guy who has that high standard of never missing the playoffs, of being in X amount of cup finals, seven or eight or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. um, he's going to listen to it because, like I said, the reputation precedes itself. Um, I think it was interesting to hear where things were from a leadership standpoint in that Toronto game. Um, I feel like that was really a turning point in other aspects as well um, at halftime about how they weren't going to take any more crap from how – you know the first season, the first part of the season had gone, and how they were conceding goals. And I think at that time, you saw Vito stand up and, and say something in the locker room. You saw Jan, who I think is a very uh, underrated type player on this team, underrated influence, underrated leader. Another guy who leads by example. He said something at that time as well. Um, and I think Ike is is kind of avuncular a in a way that, kind of, you know, he's he's a he's an elder statesman, but at the same time, he's not going to be the guy that's going to come down on you the hardest. He's the guy that's going to put. An arm around a shoulder, and I think you saw that at times uh, with Asani and Chase and and Dane and those guys. I know that you know Dane will go over for dinner at at Ike's place and those kinds of things. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. Um, that's great. So there's you know there's there's some of that too. So I think it was kind of a a bike committee approach, and I think it took a little bit for that kind of leadership to kind of uh,
0: rise up and kind of assert itself. Want to ask you guys about Jan Gregisch because there was an early season push that. Gregish isn't doing a lot and a lot of folks being like he's actually doing a whole hell of a lot you just aren't noticing it yeah and then as the season went on it became clear exactly what he was capable of he even scored a few times so can you tell me a little bit more about Gregish
2: Uh, what uh, I guess him was that DP tag people say DP tag the designated player he's either scoring goals or assisting goals or or he's not doing well and that's not Jan's game He's going to get the, the hockey helper with a and assist or just a key pass into a scoring opportunity. I honestly think he, he was our sign... Oh, sorry, Notch. Sh- he was our sign of the season. Um, <laughs> not Vito. I'm the I'm Jan... He's the actual sign of the season. Vito's I'm a Jan Stan through and through, honestly. Uh, he's been great. And people who thought he wasn't doing well may have been right, because he grew throughout the season and became better and better, and really was an outside-looking-in uh, competitor for newcomer of the Year. But he doesn't have those stats, those, that goal, the assist right. ratio that would give him that, goal, that uh, award in MLS.
1: Yeah, I mean, it it is very difficult to quantify how somebody like Gregus impacts a team. And for him, it, it is all about getting some sort of start of a chance created, rather than getting the assist, getting the key pass. That said, you know, he was one of the best creators on this team all season. So his stability in that, in that key spot, I think, was part of why we were at least able to, you know, keep a good offense going forward throughout the the middle part of the season. And then as time went on, eventually, you know, scoring goals late on. Yeah. And giving us a little bit of fleeting hope in the Galaxy game. <laughs> he is yeah. the first
2: uh, MLS playoff goal for MS United. Yeah. And only, but also the first. So <laughs> there we go. <laughs> more important.
0: I, I want to give Colin just a little bit of credit now because we're going to talk about Metanier briefly and uh, move on. Uh, but I want to play you what Colin had to say about Metanier early on. Metanier, I think I'm not going to be telling anyone anything new when I say that he looked really good. He looked really good, yeah. It
2: reminded me of... Back when we had good fullbacks, like the best, almost the best fullbacks in the league, back in ADS, I saw this with uh,
1: The one thing that I will quibble about him, and I think this is more everyone else around him. It, Roman really likes a like chipped, floated aerial cross. And Minnesota does not at this point have a striker that is set up for that. Maybe because we <laughs> traded one away how back in July of last year, <laughs> but um, it, I, I think if he decides to start doing some of those on the ground rather than through the air, it, it's going to help him out with the personnel that we've got. Do you see the future?
2: Tell me how I die.
1: I mean, <laughs> just tell me, please. I mean, I, I'm already. <laughs> you know? I'm sitting next to somebody that said that the 2020 season was a success over here, so. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We
2: didn't we didn't jump on it right away, but yeah, yeah. He said yeah. 2020, he said
1: 2019. It's yeah. fine. It's we're okay. We're doing this live.
2: Fuck it, we're doing it live. All right? Yeah, it
1: happens. <laughs> All right. I I was trying to be magnanimous <laughs> and not correct you after every single thing you say. So, um, <laughs> but you feel the love up here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're doing great. Yeah, therapy. Anyway, um, with Ramon, certainly offensively, he started out the season quite hot. Defensively, the dude can recover from any oh, spot on the field, and some of that, you want to see him be in the right place in the first time around, but it also makes it so you get the offense for the other team. Basically, they bite a little bit more with Roman there, even knowing that he is going to eventually make that that last recovery. I think the
2: only time I can remember him being beat on that side was Houston away for their first goal. Yeah. It's the only time I didn't think of him actually being beat. And he recovered extremely well throughout the season. He was great going forward, but no one – I don't think he enough credit for his defensive work, honestly.
4: I think he kind of trailed off after he came back from the Africa Cup of Nations. It was kind of a burnout there that I think that that we saw. But, yeah, I think the recovery ability that he had – uh, was on display, and I think part of that is—is is you talk about maybe not being in the right position at the first time, but that's you know maybe because he's going forward as much as he is. But I think that that sure. also kind of balances it out with how defensive Chase was too, right? Like he yeah. really understood, oh that, yeah, hey, I'm going to have to stay back because Roman is going to get forward as much as we wanted to.
0: And he hasn't had Roman hasn't had an off season that other players would have over the summer. Coming from a European league to MLS. Uh, I, I, I need to keep moving on. Uh, I was going to s- ask us to say something about Chacon, but let's just wait till he's done something. <laughs> let's um, see him play I think more the more real, than shall the, we? The, 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 the real tragedy is here we don't have time for Ali Hamis Naganzi, but I want us to the, the move. The sketch carried it. Last week. The sketch <laughs> last week. <laughs> I want to I wanna talk about your best and worst moments of the year. When you think back to um, 20, 2020, uh, what, uh, w- w- what about 2019 are you going to remember? And if you could not repeat, that would be great.
2: Ooh, hmm. If I were to repeat, I'm going to go first then. Ha ha. Ha Gotcha. Um, I think my wor- the worst moment of the year is probably the Toronto game. It was a low point. It really was. Just
0: um, Say a couple of words about it.
2: Um, losing late, having botched, I'll probably have his worst game as a professional. The two late red cards, our captain with a cheap red card. Intentional. <laughs> you think yeah. It was intentional? Right. I, I do. But, I, I think he just lost it. Yeah, yeah. I should, that, you're probably right. Yeah. Um, and then probably best moment, that's a really tough one. I, I'm going to let some I'm going to, since it took probably the most obvious worst moment, to the best moment, uh, LA Galaxy at home, nil-nil. It was a hell of a game. We thought Cowboys out, we're, we're done for at the back. Eric Miller stepped in. We had a clean sheet at home against a team that was at that time doing better than we were. And it was just a great defensive game for us.
1: Um, I'm gonna go with uh, best moment: uh, Vito's penalty save. I mean, Mm, aside from that being directly in front of me, like (laughs) I, I have not freaked out at a single insane loons moment like that since Christian Ramirez beat the Cosmos. Like that. That was. I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah, same. that, That was the single like individual moment rather than a game that I think was the best. Worst moment, I have to go with the recency bias and say that the playoff loss, it, that was a game that seeing that Galaxy team, we should have been able to beat them. And the problems that the Loons had coming down the stretch were the exact ones that did them in. So knowing that, you know, This was something that you could game plan for a couple of weeks for, figure it out, and do something different. Instead, we had a lot of the same. And that made it really hard to ultimately view the season as a whole as a success, because let's face it, if something is a success, it shouldn't be breaking your heart at the end of it.
4: Yeah, dovetailing off the the negative side of that, I think... The worst moment was Angelo's missed header uh, in that game, because I felt like yeah. it was indicative of the struggles that he had, and I felt yeah. like it was indicative of the struggles that the attackers had, especially at the end of the year. Uh, in the post-game press conference, the attackers didn't score in the last five games, um, so it was a problem going back, you know, weeks and weeks. And I asked Adrian about that, and I said, you know, it's been a theme kind of all year. He goes, all year. I said yeah in the last five games your attackers haven't scored and there's also multiple times when i've gone up to blaine and been at training and said how do you generate more out of this attack and he's like well i'm happy that we were creating chances and that's what he would say so and then there were times and battle. then there was a time that i remember Oof. i was like and now the chances aren't coming and he's like well we just need to get back into the right spots so yes it was an overall theme throughout the year the lack of goals the lack of goal creation the lack of chances the lack of finishing Um, was probably the worst negative on the year. The best moments, um, I think, um, Hassani's banger to clinch a playoff spot. Yes. Um, and I think Ozzy's first goal at Allianz, I think, are two Ooh, special yeah. moments. Yeah, very much so.
0: so. so. I'm going to jump in real quick. I think my worst moments were three away losses New England, Atlanta, Atlanta.
1: And uh, what'd you, what'd you yeah, all Chicago, sure.
4: Colorado. Right. Oh, I was. Uh, oh, You're Chicago.
1: Yeah. yeah, I was. I actually was come at, to think of it. Yeah, Chicago was probably my darkest moment. but yeah. those with were all, Calvo. That game was with Calvo? really yes. cold. Yes. <laughs> that game was very cold, and I was. Very sad drunk during that game. <laughs> I think uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to continue the trend of not just picking
0: one and cheating on my own system by saying the best yeah. moments were Cincinnati and Aww. New Mexico United. Ooh. Watching this team just clobber the opposition with goal it, after goal. It's great. Uh, Watching the team
2: just like, oh, I don't want a close game. I just want a, uh, just a thrashing. And we've done right. that a couple times this year. It was uh, that fantastic. Was, yeah.
0: It was really beautiful. Um, before we, we jump to the audience for a couple of questions, what are your expectations for next year? uh
4: new key attackers is what i think is going to happen Uh, number nine i think angelo is unlikely to be back uh he's under contract but if that means a loan a trade uh something a transfer something along those lines i think that's uh, going to happen. Um, I think that they like Mason, but I think that they're uh, probably going to spend their most money at that spot going forward. Yeah. Uh, Darwin, uh, I think we saw it multiple times this year how we'd fallen out of favor with with Adrian Heath. I think we can look at the U.S. Open Cup, uh, you know, coming off the bench in that one um, as probably the biggest issue that they had. Um, so a new number nine, a new number ten. I think that's probably the biggest expectation going forward. And I think you want to talk about disappointments, uh, Robin Lude uh, he struggled mightily uh, this year, especially given his wage bill. So that's probably yeah. got to be something yeah. that's got to be turned around.
1: Um, I, I, very, I was very close to saying worst moment seeing Robin Bluth's <laughs> salary figure. Um, yeah, that's up there. Yeah, I mean, it, I think the issue um, in saying that we need a new number nine and a new number ten is that that's something that you do need to spend designated player money on. Like, I'm a little bit concerned that having both of those slots needing an upgrade, but already having Jan Gregus and Thomas Chacon on DP deals, maybe some sort of magic will happen with the new CBA that allows us to well, go that extra mile. Otherwise, I I do think, yeah, going out and getting a new number nine is going to be the biggest priority. And then possibly seeing if Chacon can turn into that number 10. I do think 2020 is going to be a season where this team does lean more heavily on those guys that were breaking through. Chase Gasper, Hassani Dotson, possibly St. Clair if he can take a step forward this winter as well. Chacon, those guys are going to be the ones that lead this team forward. I still think the window for this team is probably 2021. Rather than 2020, so that might be something that they look into.
4: So then, uh, is Ozzy and Ike in that uh, in that fold? If we're looking at two I guess years, is for sure. Ike is
1: Ike is for sure. Ozzy probably not. I think. Ozzy's, I think.
2: Well, I think once his... Oh, we'll, we'll see how next year goes, but I think he, has, he had a two-year deal when he signed. I think that was yeah. it after that.
1: Yeah, and I think I think the goal is going to be for Hasani to be ready yeah. to be the number six for this team for years to come.
2: Which I'm all for. Um, as far as the 9 10 signing still, I'm like, it's okay, man. LA Galaxy has four DPs. It's, we'll, we'll do four, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do uh, some South American team to pay all those wages and that some
3: yeah. one of the best players in the yeah. South American. there, there we go. It, it'll free. happen.
2: Yeah, that'll happen. Um, sure. Does so the CBA. And, uh, Don Darber loves us. Um, I think next yeah. year, looking at 2020, it's playoffs are bust. We have to do a home match in the playoffs. He has to be in the top four. Otherwise, it's regression, and we don't want that. Um, I think the biggest question mark right now is goalkeeper, honestly, because Vito is up in the air. We don't know what his deal is with Reading. He's probably not going to stay there, but if he has other options in Europe, he wants to stay there. in, in Europe, we want to come back to Minnesota. It's all sounds kind of a bit short emoji, honestly, in gold right now. Um, so really, on both ends of the pitch, we're we need something. Substantial to everything else is filled in, yeah. Yeah, got got the middle filled in, filled in, yeah, so in the lines, the lines.
0: Some changes that we've already seen have been with the coaching, uh, apparatus and the technical apparatus. What do you think about this, Andy? And just, just to summarize, Manny Lagos being moved into a undefined, so as far undefined role, Mark Watson being given technical director, Adrian Heath being given more control about roster decisions, which, by the way, means the. Players in and players out, not the game day team which he already had.
4: Uh, Yeah, so I think uh, as far as Adrian goes, it's uh, responsibilities that he's had since he's been here. Um, He's always kind of had a a hand in that jar. I think it's more of an acknowledgement that it's actually (laughs) happening and he has an influence. He's more of a managerial type role as opposed to just a coach. Um, I do think it's interesting that Manny's been – moved a little bit out of the technical director role. I think it's good from a sense of communication. I think that uh, sometimes players, media, uh, people within the team uh, were confused on what Manny's message was and what his direction was. Um, so yeah, he's, he's moving into a role that's gonna be taking over uh, the USL team, whatever manifestation that ends up taking uh, You know, the academy, Uh, They're going to be doing some stuff in sports science, sports medicine up at NSC. He's going to be taking over that role, but it is uh, a bit of a demotion. I mean, let's be honest. You want to have a control over what the first team is going to look like, and he is no longer going to have that. Um, So, yeah, it is a a bit of a pill for him to swallow, but he's still very much uh, involved in the game. Every time we would talk about uh, the roster and the construction of it, he would talk a, a bigger focus about the global growth of the game and kind of the bigger picture of things and maybe this role as kind of a chief soccer officer is maybe more fitting for kind of where things are big picture wise uh, you know with Allianz in the community and and those kinds of things so maybe that's a a better uh, role for him. Mark Watson has been a coach he's been an assistant coach Uh, I haven't seen him in a in a a technical director type role Uh, but my uh, communications with him and my understanding of him is he's a very frank straightforward Uh, guy, and I think that that might bode well for kind of where things are as far as understanding and communicating
0: where the vision is of this team. So anybody in the audience have a question that you would like to ask? I got one Uh,
3: for Andy. Andy. uh, So Angelo
0: rightly gets a lot of the blame for lack of goal scoring, um, but it was really a systemic failure that caused us to drop our season. Does signing a new talented striker really fix that problem, or do we need to look at other areas as well?
4: I, I think it's you know it's also tactical, right? I think you know we uh, rely on crosses as much as we do, uh, trying to get on the end of it. I think that that has been a problem. I think that we'll kind of let Darwin play hero ball at times, and that can be great, and that can be disastrous at the same time. So yeah, I think it, it is a systemic thing about kind of finding where the pockets are finding opportunities to create in different ways and kind of showing some creativity uh, in that aspect has to be uh, addressed as well as finding a guy that has a proven track record of being a scorer, and Angelo didn't have that.
1: I'll jump in and say that the Loons were, I think, in the bottom third, I want to say, in shooting accuracy. So that is going to be part of it. So they all need glasses. Which is what you right, But it's, it's a good thing we've got... Um, no, go I, t- I think their boots need glasses. That's okay. what... It's okay. a great thing she we've is. got the striker whisperer as our head coach, so... Yeah. All's yeah. well. <laughs> there, there we go. Yeah.
4: I, uh, I did a story about how, you know, they were... The attackers were struggling mightily, right? And how everyone that had been with Heath in Minnesota um, and what they had done before um, had gone down or flatlined... When they'd been here, <laughs> and then and the, and this was the, right before the New Mexico game. Oh, right. right? So then sure. everything was going up. Oh, they scored yeah. a bunch of goals, yeah. and it started this. It started this hot streak. Of course, so it was of a course. joke within the club, like, "Oh, Andy, hey, you know, you made <laughs> yeah. this That's story. Like, uh, now, we just, this. now we score goals that are coming out of our ears." Andy, so. <laughs> why
1: did you not reprint that piece? <laughs> I know, right? right before I know. the playoffs,
4: I should have. I should have. <laughs> Your editor is fired.
0: Uh, other questions? Anybody have another question that they'd like to ask? Come on down, Dan. Sure, sure I'll ask one. Yeah. So this one's kind of an open question. Anyone can answer it. But playing off that last one, is there any off-season signings that you
2: want?
1: Specific player mm, yes. or you know yes, type of player? And then if that or if it involves okay. it, do you look at a formation change? Okay.
2: I definitely have one in mind. I had one in mind since we got knocked out of the playoffs. Does um, Robin does Robin tend to ball into Rose Dead instead of the back of the net? Um, yeah. Uh, no, I'm going with T. W. Alba from Atlanta United. Atlanta. Ooh. I'm, it's very controversial because we hate Atlanta here, but he's a winger. He's a winner. Um, he's frustrated because he Barco, Dressel, and now Pity Martinez are in front of him. And we saw that in his first few years in MLS, he can, he can perform. Um, he's definitely, his. Transfer, uh, I guess his value's probably gone down since he hasn't been playing as much. Um, he, he needs a new change of scenery. Um, and I think Minnesota can be that. I don't know if he can play on the left or the right, but he can play wing. So yeah. get him, start him, play him, have him store a winner to Atlanta, and watch their subreddit go just implode. I don't know, it'd be yeah. great.
1: Um, don't let your dreams be dreams, although he did turn down a move to Vancouver. Olivier Giroud. <laughs> I'm, I'm dead serious. Sort of I'm mean, a true uh, fan here. No, I mean, it's not only... It's friends French forehead. Yeah. Not only does Minnesota really thrive with strikers that apparently don't know how to score... Um, but in all seriousness, he does have the finishing ability that I think is lacking. He has the positional awareness.
3: And the heading ability. Yeah,
1: the header. Yeah, the heading ability, I think, is something that this team desperately needs. They need somebody that can finish off aerial crosses because, again, you know, we, we traded away somebody that knows how to score from two yards out. Is he
2: in Texas now?
1: I, I think he might be in Texas. Oh, weird. Okay, yeah. Cool. Interesting. Yeah, my, um, I think he's playing for Austin Bolt. Oh, yeah. yeah. Jermaine
2: Taylor or Thomas DiBiardi? Which one? Uh, that's <laughs> <good>. <laughs> that's deep a cut, deep, deep cut. cut. <laughs> they both missed their penalties and they lost to Phoenix, which it's, is you know fun. Yeah.
4: Um, I would say, um, like, like you said, Caleb, I think proven or at least understood MLS yeah. talent uh, is key. Um, I think you saw it with Ike and Ozzie, somebody that you know is proven in this league, that can get the job done, is something that – it needs to be continually uh, a page that they turn to, to to try and add talent i know that uh, they've got uh, scouts and staff members in europe right now um, i know that they're not uh, going back to France at the moment. I know they're not going back to Finland at the moment. I don't what think they're going Tanzania back. About Tanzania or the oh, Czech, Czech Republic. I was, oh man, you yeah. just stole a right what from was under me. Are they going I was to Cameroon say, I don't or think anything. they're going to the third level of the Czech Republic league. Um, <laughs> yes. But they're exploring new markets in, in in Europe. So you know that could be good. That could provide a Jan. That could provide a Roman. Um, but it's also could provide a Demidov, so you know there's there is that kind of cautionary tale or unknown quantifiable transition type piece. But um, yeah, so I think that they sh- they should explore both internationally and domestically uh, to uh, continually build out this roster. When we talk about kind of needing a new number nine and a new number ten, I think it's interesting in the context of well, there is Mason Toy and there is Thomas Chacon. There are players that are part of the stable now, where in previous years it was. Well, we need somebody because there is no one else to yeah. keep that seat warm. So I think that we're starting to see uh, a little bit more, develop a little bit more uh, roster depth
0: too. So Andy, if, if folks wanna follow your Twitter, if yeah. they wanna follow your writing, where, where are the places that they should
4: yeah. go? Uh, TwinCities.com slash Pioneer, slash uh, Minnesota United. Uh, all the stories live there. Um, and then uh, at Twitter, at
0: Andy Greeter. All right, perfect. Andy, thanks so much for joining us yeah, for the show. Man, much appreciated. All right, man, much appreciate I know you got to get out of here, so we'll continue the show uh, in, in just a second. Thanks, guys. That's, yeah, thanks for coming. Yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate it, man. See
2: yeah. Thanks, guys. It was fun.
4: Thanks. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You it? Sasha, you want to jump up here for the end here?
2: Are we just doing though?
0: <laughs> so, um... Bye. We, we, we've got a little bit of, of show left here, and uh, one of the things that we've got to do is jump into our final segment that we call Confessions, where Colin tells you everything he knows and that you should forget. Watch this. These are my
3: confessions. Just when I thought I said all I could say, my on the side, so she got one on the way.
1: These are my There comes a point in everyone's lives where rather than tell stories about what other people are doing, they actually need to confess for themselves. So in the spirit of this being my last show on the podcast and my last foray into soccer media in general, I have to get something off my chest. I've been lying in every single one of these confession stories. (laughs) <laughs> what I know I, I've made every last one of them up and it, it really pains me because I know that I've become a trusted source of of news about the Illuminati things going on in the basement of the Denver airport um, Adrian Heath's dreams and nightmares of Miguel Ibarra's weird red eyes on Instagram um but all of, these, all of these have been a lie. And I, the thing that pains me the most is that I've really deceived you all about why I've done it. Why, Colin? The truth is that I've been a Minnesota United employee this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Durkee oh, hired me. Durkee hired me all the way back in 2015 to, <laughs> I know, this, this is a very long con, but uh, he hired me back in 2015 essentially to be a, a rabble rouser, a shit stirrer, so to speak, knowing that this team still needed to get some organic media reach. So what he thought was basically the same idea of like having a burner account except for in Twitter in, in podcast form, like he basically wanted me to go out and say ridiculous things that would cause people to then still get engaged in podcasts like ours, and I feel so used
3: I know uh, the bust episode makes a lot of sense now. Yeah, it, it, does it really does, it really does.
1: Yeah, the new contacts made it just crystal clear. yeah
3: so so I
1: with this being the end of my road in. Podcasting and soccer media, I just wanted to offer my sincerest apologies to you all i I know <laughs> that I know that this has been a, a shock to every single one of you, knowing that your trusted trusted friend Colin has been deceiving you this whole time but so it goes I'm just surprised they didn't do better with you working for them you know like uh... it, it, Dude, you realize that I haven't been able to get a paid media job at all. Like, th- there's probably something to that.
0: Okay, <laughs> okay. Well, I, I just want to say thanks to Colin, because uh, you jumped in, and sort of Caleb Caleb, uh, but this is not your moment. Put yep, your hand out. I'm still here, um, so, yeah. Caleb's not quitting. <laughs> in, in, in July of 2016, I was struggling, because my co-host had just left the show, and I had some guest hosts who were helping me out, uh, but... Um, it was clear that they didn't want to keep going on the show the whole time. And I put out an ask on Twitter saying, hey, I need some help. Anybody, if you like the show, come on board. And these guys responded. And I was, Colin was the first one I met out of the two of them. And it was clear right from the beginning that I wanted to have him on the show. And it was, it's been great. 151 episodes. The first one being on August 9th, 2016. Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah. It's, so it's been a while. Uh, the whole time the it's show. Been a while. It's been... The whole time this show has been called, we call it Soccer, but even back when it was called Tough Cast, a uh, lot of great sketches, a lot of good times hanging out, watching soccer, writing down stuff, and uh, just, uh, like, I said this is David Martin on Twitter, but it's going to be fun just sitting and watching soccer, you know, and having some yeah, fun God, times yeah. in the future. Yeah, so, I,
1: honestly, the reason that I decided I needed to move on from making so much soccer content was that I, I just, I wanted to enjoy soccer again. Because, ultimately, this is a very fun game of people kicking a ball around. And when you immerse yourself too heavily into it, you start to lose sight of how fun this game is. Wait, it's so, fun? I, I know. Oh, no. Is it like, really? I'm not, you too. Yeah. Don't
2: leave me alone. Alright, Nick, <laughs> it's you and me. Yeah, I, I think... We'll I think... Go to house, it's alright. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I'll just make cookies.
3: Deal. mm,
0: (laughs) Point well taken. Point well taken. Uh, Joining us on the show as a main cast member for the future is Sasha over there. If you haven't met him already, go say hi later on. Really excited to have him jump on board with us.
1: Yeah. And I I just wanted to say one last thing. Thanks to all of you and all of you jerks that didn't show up to this podcast. (laughs) Yeah, Dad. It's true. it's true. He's is a,
2: a long drive. I, He's here next weekend. It's
1: yeah, fun. yeah, sure. But uh, thanks to all of you, it's, it's really been fun. Hearing all the positive energy and comments from you guys throughout the years, it's, it's really, really been rewarding. That's the thing that's kept me going as, as long as it did. So I appreciate it.: I have)
0: One of the things that I've appreciated the most about having Colin on the pod is his ability to bring some of our sketches alive. Uh, there's one that we did way back in the day about uh, the Fort Lauderdale Strikers that still to this day is my second most favorite thing that we have ever done on the podcast.
1: Second most favorite. but yeah, the,
0: the, the, mo- the single most fun I've ever had on this pod uh, is going to be played for you after we do our credits before we- the music rolls. Um, but before we get to that, I just want to ask the good people sitting on stage with me where you can be found
3: on Twitter. Uh, I'm at PickupLion, L-I-O-N. You don't want people to follow you anymore?
2: Say it say one more time.
3: No, I, I was, I was going to,
1: like, bask in the moment. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry,
2: sorry to ruin your moment. Uh, I'm at K Olson716. Our theme song, if you like it, is by Tectonics, a local band. The song Lustless. They have two new songs on Bandcamp that were released two days ago on Halloween. They did it.
1: I, I was wondering when their like latest stuff was going to drop. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's, it's, been, been a it's been a minute. Yeah,
2: been, it's, been, it's been it's literally been a while. It, yeah, yeah, it literally <laughs> has.
1: Uh, you can find me at the attachments. Um, you can't find me at e pluribus Lunum anymore. I, I got so used to saying that at the very end. Um, yeah.
0: I'm at Lockstock Spock. This podcast is at T United Fans. Our producer, Nick Rodriguez, is at Nick Rodriguez. Please ask your friends to subscribe. Uh, Tell all of you over here, bring some more friends to the next live show, uh, which we'll do at some point. But uh, with that, let's let's cue up that uh, moment I was talking about, which is one of our sketches from last year. Thanks, Steve. That was CBS 34's Steve Smith reporting from the Atlanta Botanical Gardens. Next on your 9 o'clock Atlanta news update, it's sports. Sports. With the MLS's, the MLS Cup in town, it's time to check in with our resident MLS expert, Caleb Olson. Caleb, I hear you got to speak to an MLS superstar this week.
2: Yes, Nick. uh, I spoke with uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic in a revealing interview. Well, let's hear that interview now. So, Zlatan, lots of questions being asked about your future in L.A. and a possible transfer to AC Milan. Well,
1: yes, but it, it all depends on what mascot is. The, the mascot? L.A. is one of the best in Cosmo. Yes, but
2: there's something, something missing. Zlatan, he doesn't know how to express. Okay, uh, let's Google AC Milan's mascot real quick. Huh, it's a little cartoon devil. What do you think there, Big Z? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, okay. Uh, well, what about uh, Newcastle's mascot, Monty the Magpie? Eh, uh, Zlatan. Zlatan not interested. Maybe if we understood where this was coming from.
1: Well, well, Zlatan, Zlatan here, Tumblr with removing all adult content. So Zlatan, go see what fuss is all about, and well, Zlatan, he he finds things. Um, things that confuse Zlatan. Uh, things like? Things like Kingston. Zlatan finds Kingston in Orlando City. See? Ah! God, what the hell is
2: that thing? Does it have dreadlocks? Why does a lion have dreadlocks? Well,
1: hold on. Zlatan, Zlatan too is lion. I mean, yeah, you've said that a lot throughout your career. No, no, you don't get it. Zlatan like lion with strong... Potent. Heavy musk. Uh, oh, okay, that's uh, new. It, it is time for this Zlatan lion. Zlatan must make pride. With Kingston? That's right. His beautiful dreadlocks on Zlatan's bare chest. His beautiful eyes staring deep into Zlatan's soul. Uh, Zlatan. And his hairband lying on the floor next to his and Zlatan's clothes. Zlatan, I'm just going to go out on a limb here, but...
2: Did you find furry porn on Tumblr? (laughs) I I have
1: never felt so alive.